0: Hey there, thank you so much for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast. I'm Burke Allen, and we are live inside the podcast booth at the American Library Association's annual conference. We're in Chicago, and that's why you hear all this cacophony of sound around me. Even the glass-enclosed nerve center can't keep it all out. This is where the who's who of the book world is. Thousands of authors, uh, publishers, librarians everywhere tripping over librarians, uh, book agents, book publicists, anyone who is anyone in the book world has descended on Chicago, for the American Library Conference, and uh, we're pleased to do the podcast from here thanks to our show sponsors, the Next Generation Indie Book Awards, and also SpeakerMatch.com. This is one of the most fun things I get to do all year because I get to talk to a variety of authors many of whom have incredible backgrounds. Tracy Moore is one of them. She served as a firefighter and captain in Minneapolis for more than two decades. Also has a master's in public affairs from the university of Minnesota. And she wrote a book that I think you're going to like. I'm holding it. You can't see it. It's a podcast, but it's beautiful. It's called the fire. She fights. And it's a novel that I'm sure draws just a little bit from her background. Tracy Moore. Thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks. I'm so glad to be here. So, this book,
0: obviously, pulls from your background, but take me back even before you were a firefighter and before you were an author. Were you one of those little kids that said, I want to grow up to be a firefighter?
1: I was not.
0: So how did that happen?
1: I I actually thought I might be an astronaut when I grew up, and I don't know where that dream went, but to actually become the firefighter, I was working the park board. Okay. I was doing outreach with kids a lot of youth outreach and my supervisor has said to me hey the fire department is hiring you should apply and I was like why would you say that to me and she said I know someone that reminds me of you and you are just like her she goes you don't give up and when she said that it felt like such a compliment to me so I applied I went to the convention center I saw women, you know, climbing up ladders. I saw them carrying hoses, wearing helmets and boots. And, I mean, they were, they looked like Amazon. They were looking like... Xena Warrior Princess in <laughs> Bunker Pants, and that's all I wanted to be after I saw that, other women doing that. So it was really other women that inspired me to want to become a firefighter.
0: You're living out sort of a, every kid's childhood dream, though. I mean, you talked yeah. about, oh, I wanted to be an astronaut. Kids want to be astronauts, policemen, or firefighters, yes. and you're, you're doing it. You did it for two decades. Yes, I did. Was yes. there ever a time when you got in there and you thought, wow, I, I can't believe this is my career?
1: I remember the first night I was at the fire station, and I went to sleep in my bunk. There was another firefighter, a male firefighter, who was like 10 feet from me, both of us in our underwear, under the covers, waiting for that call to come in. And I felt a little nervous, like, what's that first call going to be tonight? And I don't want to miss it. I want to make sure I wake up. But all I could think about was, I am so lucky. I am so happy. I made it as a firefighter. And I fell into a deep sleep, woke up the next morning and didn't have one call. I woke up in a panic thinking I missed it. And the guy across from me was like, you're all right, rookie. Nothing happened last night.
0: Tracy Moore is our guest on the Big Time Talker podcast. She was a Minneapolis firefighter for a couple of decades. And the, uh, the book is an award winner. It's The Fire, She Fights. During your time as a firefighter, I'm sure you encountered some things you didn't expect to encounter. Yes, that's Both good and bad. Right. Probably wrote about some of those things, even though this is a fictional account, uh, in the book about these four women firefighters. I wonder what folks like me who, who sort of just see Chicago fire, it's coincidental we're in Chicago right now, it's record the podcast, but you see them the TV shows or the movies, you see Backdraft. What do we get wrong about the life of a firefighter? Any misconceptions?
1: You know, I think it really gets glorified a lot in the media. And, of course, I mean, who wants to watch a two-hour movie of firefighters washing the fire engine, right? Right. Nobody right. Nobody wants to watch that. So, I mean, all of the action happens in the movies. And a lot of times, you know, we're kind of really just hanging out at the fire station. But what, you, what a lot of people might not know about firefighters is that only 4% of our calls are fires. All the rest, 86%, are medical calls. So I've delivered 13 babies. What? Yeah. Yeah, I, I delivered one that still came right out in the sack. Oh, and I was, wow. I was all by myself in the back of the ambulance with the woman. And I was like, what is this? That yeah, came? no kidding. And I poked a hole and there was a baby inside. Wow! Yeah, so, I mean, we go to car crashes on the freeway, and all of those kind of scenes are in the book. So, yes, the book is fiction, and it's really fiction to protect the women. So the four characters are fictional characters, but everything that happens in that book has really happened. I made it a novel because when I was interviewing the women... I didn't really know these women as well as I thought I did, and I had such a great connection with them. So then I took a whole bunch of courses in how to write a novel so that I could learn all about that kind of writing so that the readers would be able to connect with us as women firefighters.
0: Sure, and you pull them through the story. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. The four women in the story, uh, Ruby, Dana, Brazil, and jesse were they based on four individual women, or were they sort of a compilation of a whole bunch of different people and different traits?
1: There were 30 women I interviewed. Okay. 30 women firefighters in Minneapolis. So and then I just kind of grouped some of the stories. I mean their childhoods are also in the story and a lot of their personal life. You know, in this book, you're going to yeah, you're going to see firefighting, you're going to see medical calls. But you're also going to learn a lot about the culture of firefighting. You're going to be inside the fire station. You're going to know you're going to have the insider's look about being a firefighter. So a whole insider's view. Did you grow up in Minneapolis? No, I grew up in Massachusetts. How did you wind
0: up in the Windy City?
1: Well, I, I actually went to college in Rhode Island, and I went to be a, a counselor for my undergrad, and I came to Minnesota because there's a, there was a lot of mental health happening at that time. So I came here for that kind of job, just to check it out. And then when I got the firefighter job, you know, it was a dream, so I, I stuck.
0: You know, I said the Windy City because we're in Chicago, the Twin Cities, I intended to say, about Minneapolis. Minneapolis is a wonderful city, um, and obviously you embraced it, it embraced you. You rose through the ranks. And what James Brown would have said is a man's, 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 man's world. Right. Did you run into, you personally, some pushback as a female firefighter?
1: Oh, oh, 100%. I mean... I mean, um, people in general, not just in the fire department, but I think in a lot of places, um, we're we're biased. We have it ingrained in us as kids, men and women, you know, t- that women get treated as less a- than and not as important. And, you know, I did write the book, mostly for women, but one uh, fire chief on the East Coast, uh, a guy said, you know, men should also read this book because... But the tragedy is a lot of them won't because they'll realize they either have to realize they're the ones performing behavior or the ones looking the other way and then of course you know people a lot of people mention the strength issue you know for that four percent the physical
0: strength the physical strength yes
1: and you know I always like to say Superman looks way bigger and stronger than Mighty Mouse but they both get the job done
0: (laughs) (laughs) and here you come to save the day (laughs) um As you said, this was 30 women firefighters that you interviewed while writing this book. Were there common threads that ran through their stories, commonalities?
1: I, every single woman except for one, Mm -hmm. cried during the interview when I talked to them. I mean, some of these interviews were two or three hours long. They really wanted to tell their stories. They wanted to be heard. They want people to see that here we are risking our lives alongside these men, and we are not getting the same kind of credit. And actually, we're getting a lot of times put down for it, especially by our coworkers, which is surprising in the fire department. I'm sure a lot of the men, firefighters that come in, I'm sure all of them come in, you know, as really great guys. But then they get there and... What changes them? I think it's like... Some people feel threatened, I think, by a woman doing this kind of work. And, like, maybe it makes them a little less them. And there always has to be, in every group it seems, there always has to be someone at the bottom. There's one scene in the book where one of the women is harassed, and she goes home. She's really a, ha- it's Dana. She's a happy-go-lucky kind of gal. But they put paint in her boots and hide her locker. She goes home. She's really upset, and the African-American, the black firefighter, a male comes to her house and, you know, he comes to apologize and she's, she's angry. She kind of closes the door on him. He's like, wait, I, I get it. He said, I used to be you. And Dana's like, what do you mean? And he says, you know, it used to be the black firefighters. They would do this to there was glass. There was no paint in my boots, but they put glass in my bed and they scratched my car and we're glad you're here because they're, heats they're off. Of, me. The heats off my back, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's too bad. In that, I mean, I think we could all be so much stronger if we partner with one another, realize all of our strengths, and and how we can really serve the community the best.
0: Is there um, is there a flip side to that coin? Were there guys who were super supportive of you and said, "Hey, I got your back"?
1: There are those guys in there, and there is a guy in the book there that actually has a learning curve with that. But when he gets it, his name is Tyler, and he's an awesome character, and he does represent a lot of the guys because there, there are some really great guys too.
0: In Minneapolis, you have some cold winters and some hot summers. They're really short, but some cold winters. Were there ever uh, fires that you had to go out and fight in January, February, and, you know, it, it's ice everywhere and just a nightmare scenario?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we had that. And, you know, when you're fighting a fire and it's below zero like that, you know, 20 below zero and the water sprays and it's getting on your turnout gear, your bunker gear, whatever the fire gear that people wear, which, by the way, at the beginning of each chapter, there is a definition of fire terms that are unique to the fire service. So people will learn about that. But you get like a, a light layer of ice on your gear, so it's hard to bend your arms. It's hard to... And then there's like ice underneath the puddles because there's water on the ground, so you've really got to be careful walking. Yeah. So, yeah, the, it's, it's a different kind of challenge. The hoses freeze up. You have to always leave the nozzle open a little tiny bit to make sure that the water's flowing through.
0: So, I, uh, I grew up in a small town, and most small towns in America have volunteer firefighters. You were never a volunteer firefighter, correct?
1: No, I wasn't. Uh, I did work for a... A critical incident stress management team where I went and helped debrief a lot of the volunteer firefighters experiences, at, you know, to kind of process a, a call after. And oh my gosh, those volunteer fi- firefighters, they have hearts of gold. They're doing it for nothing just because they're good
0: people. Yeah. You know, it, I, I remember seeing those guys. My mother was a city police clerk and City Hall was right next to the same buildings, the little fire station. Uh-huh. And those guys were, you know, the local banker or the local guy that works the gas station or whatever and, and what they had to give up in terms of family and safety and all of that just for the love of the community is something to really be applauded.
1: Yeah, it is. And you know, women who are also in the volunteer departments, because I'm in a lot of groups where I talk to women firefighters. Right. And uh, a lot of a lot of the women are facing the same kinds of things in the volunteer. So, I, you know, I say that heart of gold thing, and, and it is there. It isn't there in all firefighters. And then there's something about the other gender, the women gender coming in, that, again, they're having those same kinds of issues of being harassed and sexually harassed and right. really just thought of as less than. So I just—40 years ago, there were 4% women in the fire service— Today, in 2022, there are 4% women in the fire service. It hasn't
0: changed it all It has not years.
1: changed at all. So I'm really looking forward to the next 10 to 20 years because I see women fire. I mean, yeah, I women firefighters, like on Chicago fires, I'm seeing uh, women who are superheroes, a lot more of that, and a lot more strong women. So I really hope that boys, young boys, start seeing women in these roles they admire, and little girls can see themselves in those roles, too, so that we can all grow up realizing how how we all have something to contribute.
0: Tracy Moore is our guest. Her great novel is The Fire She Fights. I'm not the only one saying it's great. was it, uh, an Indie Book Award winner from the Next Generation Indie Book Awards, and uh, she's talking to us live in Chicago at the American Library Association's annual conference and exhibition. When you uh, you interviewed all these women, even though you'd done it for a couple of decades, did you learn anything new sort of in that writing process and that interview process, anything you didn't expect maybe?
1: You know, honestly, the the first thing I learned is I don't know anything about writing. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? I was not a writer. I was a firefighter. Right. So I took a whole bunch of courses from uh, UCLA, novel writing courses. I took some courses at The Loft. It's a great writing school in Minneapolis. It's because, you know, I was just going to write down the story so they weren't lost. But then, like I said earlier, the connection I had with the women, I wanted to give that to the reader. I wanted him to really notice us. So I worked so hard at learning how to write. And, you know, that, that is one thing I learned. You know I,
0: Well, let me ask you about that, Um, because I'm sure there are people that are are writers who are listening to our podcast right now, or maybe people that want to write a book. Someone like you, you know, you had a very unique career, and you lived it, so maybe you didn't feel like it was unique at the time, right? but it certainly was, and it's novel worthy. So my question to you is, uh, for the folks who are listening and, and are writers, maybe they have a book in them, what's the first thing you would recommend they do? Take a writing course like that?
1: I would recommend that you first start writing. Just start writing it down, and you can have little islands. I had a lot of islands of all of these different stories, and then, yeah, then take the writing courses, and then you can figure out how to get it on paper, how to make it flow, and how to lead your reader through the story that you want to tell.
0: The book um, has to be compelling. The stories that that you have lived, that you put in here, and these other uh, 30 women, has to be a great read. I will tell you, the cover of this book jumps off the the bookshelf. It looks fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Tracy Moore's novel is called The Fire She Fights. It's an Indie Book Award winner, and she's joining us at the American Library Association's convention, conference, and exhibition in downtown Chicago. thanks for stopping by
1: thanks so much for having me it was a good time
0: if people want to find you online I'm sure the book's available at Amazon you can order from Barnes & Noble is there a website or anywhere else they should go?
1: surprisingly it's thefireshefights.com
0: well done marketer (laughs)
1: yes
0: (laughs) thefireshefights.com she's even got the t-shirt on today that's Tracy Moore it's got to be a great book great novel thank you for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast in Chicago I'm Burke Allen go out and make it a great day Bye, everybody.